So with the advent of artificial intelligence, now I'm kind of mm, tripping out a little because I, I basically took my Fitbit off. I um, untethered it from my person because it was giving me like a little rash on my left wrist. I even moved it to my right wrist. And it was still, <clears throat> sorry, give me a rash on the right wrist, like the band, like the sweat and like stuff underneath the band was irritating my skin. So I took it off. I just put it up on the window ledge and come to find out this fucker is still cheap. It's, it's still like, it's still like keeping tabs on me. Like I'm not even like attached to it. You know, it's like waking me up in bed. It's like, hey man, hey, what are you doing? How's it going? Hey, remember me? Hey, what's going on? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's kind of taken over my phone. It's kind of bullied my phone. Like, what the fuck? Seriously, though. I'm, uh... So I'm... Kind of a little worried about... Like, my appliances taking over now, Right? You know, like the fridge is kind of looking at me a little funny. And, um, but, but I, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, right? If the appliances rise up, like, can I just unplug them? Is that, I don't know. This whole Fitbit thing's got me a little, I don't know, a little, like, like, I don't need you. I don't, like, I don't need you. I don't need you to exist. My Fitbit's like, I'm, I'm, I'm sentient now. <laughs> Which is actually like, uh, that's a, I think that's a French word. Sentient. Meaning to feel, you know. My appliances feel a certain way. The microwave, the microwave's been a little quiet. My lady put it on one of those quiet settings. And now it just kind of broods, just kind of sits there and broods, you know, like a, like a beatnik poet sitting in a coffee shop in Greenwich Village with a beret and a black turtleneck. It just kind of sits there brooding like, you know, what are you going to, what kind of, what kind of instant bowl of noodles are you going to put in me now, John? Now? What do you, I wouldn't do that, John. <laughs> it's like 2001 a Space Odyssey in my kitchen. So, my buddy Raj texted me the other day. Was it Wednesday or something? He's like, hey, you still want to meet up for um, a bite to eat? Because I hadn't seen the guy. It's been like three years. I think it's been three years. Yeah, because like the lockdown literally started on my birthday, 2020. And he just, he just disappeared from the consciousness of... Of, of every of everybody in, in any socialized setting, in <clears throat> excuse me. So he texts me. Uh, well, because we, we, I've known this guy. I mean, literally, I've known this guy what, like forty seven, forty six, forty six years, forty six years, and. Um, he used to hang, well, he was in Colorado with me, building houses. He ran on the track team. He, he ran, he ran 419. He ran a 419, 1600 meter 
which is like like one second short of a of a mile as a junior in high school he was a he was kind of a he was kind of a he was very talented and uh but he just wasn't sold on on running he was more into like other sports and things and um but nevertheless you know <clears throat> we hung out a lot. He'd be at the house when, when I was in high school, he'd be over at the house kicking it for just hours, just hours and hours and hours. He were, And then my dad hired him. Um, he was good on the saw. And uh, so he texts me Wednesday. He's like, you still want to, oh, because we, okay, so every birth, you know, each birthday we just shoot each other a text like, without fail like I can I can go an entire year without even seeing the dude well at this point now it's been three like I say and then you just when you bump into each other like you just pick up where you left off like that's kind of like I guess what dudes do I guess dudes can do that right they can just be like you know I've seen this fucker in 18 years right and there's walk up to their front doorstep and be like, so what's going on with the final four? Which, who's your pick? <laughs> you know? Which, by the way, congratulations to fucking San Diego State. What a game. What a fucking game that was. San Diego State? Really? So they were the... No, they weren't the highest of the last four. They weren't the highest seed of the last four. I think it was... Uh, UConn or Miami was a four seed. Which that game I started watching and then I just knew it was like UConn was just going <clears> to <throat> just, you know, put a hole. You just punch a hole through the, through Miami. Like they were just going to, um, they're just going to open them up, you know, like, like Jake LaMotta did back in the day. Just open that, just, you know, like, uh, like, like Robert Nadero as he was playing Jake LaMotta in Raging Bull. He was talking about Tony, um, the pretty boy. He was going to fight Tony, uh, what was his name? Oh. Something, some, some, some guy he was going to fight. And his wife made a comment of, Gennaro, was it Tony Gennaro? Is that his name? His wife made a comment about how, good looking he was and he's like oh I'm gonna open this guy's hole up like you wouldn't believe well that's what UConn was gonna do and did to Miami just like they did to Gonzaga I mean they opened up a hole in this team's face that was just like damn dude like like they got bit by a brown recluse you know and uh but that San Diego State un-fucking believable like the first half, of course, you know, they all settled in at the first half. <clears throat> Excuse me. They all kind of got find their groove in the first half. The jockeying for position, going back and forth. And then by halftime, I don't remember what the, I think they were down. They were down a few. I can't remember. San Diego State was down. Going into the second half, there was a point, I think they were down at 14 points. Never had a lead. Never had a lead. The entire second half, San Diego State. 
until the buzzer. And that's how great that was. Because I'm watching that unfold. I'm like, so Florida Atlantic, great, great fucking Cinderella story. Hats off to them. Number nine seed in the final four. And two Florida teams in the final four. Of course, neither of which advanced, but... But historically, Owen or uh, nine seed teams are Owen like seven, Owen eight historically in Final Four. Now they're Owen ten. But that whole second half, San Diego State never had one lead. They tied it up at one point, and then they lost the lead again because it was like seventeen seconds left. Florida Atlantic bringing it, bringing it down court, <clears throat> trying to get a shot off. Bounces off the back of the rim. Boom. San Diego State rebound. With like, now it's seven seconds left. Six, five, they're coming down the lane. Lamont Butler brings, bringing it down. Drives down the center. Pops out to the corner. Works, up, works the crease. Works the outer edge. Clock's ticking 2.9. 1.9. Puts it up in the air. 71 to 70. Fucking San Diego State. Lamont Butler goes up. Fucking arcs this beautiful. It's like a. He went to the left. And he, as a right hand shooter. Fucking money. Backboard lights up. Buzzer goes off. Nothing but net. 72 71. That's a wrap. Thanks for playing. Grab some bench, Florida. FAU. Un. Fucking believable. The only lead they had in the second half was the buzzer beater. Fuck it. I'm like, this is this gonna happen? I could I kinda I kinda watched it play out like is this gonna happen? they're gonna Florida Atlantic is gonna they're gonna bring it down. Nobody's calling timeouts. Nobody's that's the be- that was the beauty of it too. They're not stretching the clock, they're not fouling anybody to slow down the game. They just let, because they knew they had to get a shot off before they before the clock ran out. But when the clock, but when they got that rebound, it's like, I, I saw, I kind of saw it all play out. Like they're going to come down and they're just going to drive. They're just going to drive. They're going to go layup. They're going to go layup and probably get fouled, go, go to the line and then sink it on free throws. But nope. Lamont Butler, fucking ice in his veins, drained it. Oh my god, that was. I'm like, am I? Is this? Did I? Did this just happen? Fucking uh, what a tournament! Like regardless of what happens, because I don't know, man. UConn looks mean. Like they look like they want to make an example of somebody, right? And they've already won four. I mean, four, four titles. And San Diego's the last time. A California team won was UCLA 95. Is that right? So, and now we got San Diego State. San Diego, like, that's barely a college. Like, fuck yeah. Go Aztecs. But, so anyway, so I ran to my, <laughs> all that just because I talk about my buddy Raj. So my buddy Raj texts me. He's like, you still want to meet up? Because he's like, uh, he's going to take me to, Take me out for my birthday. And I said I had like, I had about an hour gap to, ki- to kill after about 1.30 on Friday 
or sometime after 4.30. But I said, if you're an early riser, 7 a.m. And so he goes, okay. He goes, because <laughs> he lives just around the corner from me. And he sent me a link to this little shitty little diner that is literally right across the street from me. He goes, breakfast sounds great. Let's meet here tomorrow at 7 a.m. I've passed this place a million times but never tried. The Yelp review of, quote, the food was fine, but the smell of pee and hard service has me, in- <laughs> unquote, has me intrigued. I'm like, ha, fucking done deal. I said, I literally live across the street from this place and I've never been in there and I'm down for some urinary goodness. Didn't realize. And this is the place I've been talking about. This is the place I was talking about. Had the little handwritten sign on their window for literally like a year. Uh, kitchen help needed. Inquire within. And I was like, I, you know, I'm almost, I'm almost to the point where I would just walk in and just say, look, I'm... I'm 50 years old and I don't have any cooking experience in a kitchen, but I'll be your short order cook. Like I was, I was, I was this close, this close to doing that. So fuck it. So we went on there and like I said, I haven't seen the guy in three years. We walked in like it just, like, like I just saw him the other day. Just picked right up where we left off and, um, just yapping about everything under the sun. Um, kids uh, he got married <laughs> i'd met her before when i i sold i sold him how many cars one two three four i've sold like four cars i sold his parents a car so five five cars so i met his lady when he was buying his last car for me, but I guess they'd had a fallen out uh, sometime since 2017 they'd broken up and, uh, so it didn't even dawn on me. And then, uh, so he goes, yeah. So, you know, during the pandemic, I got married and shit. I'm like, oh, God, congratulations. He went down to Monterey and I don't know what that's all about, but okay, man. Good. Like, <laughs> like, all right. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. Hey, hey. Uh, but, but. Nevertheless, I was happy for him. And, uh, yeah, so we talked about football, baseball, Final Four, back in the day. Just people that you see, people that you don't see. That's one thing we do is, like, we kind of compare notes on who we've seen. If you bump into somebody. Because, back, I, you know, I haven't been back, you know, I've only recently been back to where I grew up for the last, uh, now, six yeah, a little over, just over six years. And so he's had more opportunity to just bump into people randomly that we went to school with, which is always kind of fascinating. You know, there's those people that are like, that didn't engage in social media, that didn't, you know, that didn't latch on to some social media portal where you didn't, you weren't just, you weren't able to keep tabs on them or just weren't your friends or whatever, but grew apart, evolved differently, went went their own way. People that were, you know, you just kind of wonder, like, oh, this motherfucker, how, what do you suppose he's doing? What do you suppose this guy's doing? Remember this guy? What about, what do you think he's doing? I saw this dude, saw one one guy who graduated with us, uh, although I didn't know him that well. 
uh, saw his name on some of the paperwork with the, the blood center that I contract with. Uh, he must be a, either an IT guy or a nurse or a phlebotomist. But uh, he works out of a center way up north that I don't ever go to anyway, so I wouldn't have crossed paths with him. But um, just stuff like that, you know, you run into people and like, he's kind of gener- just generally intrigued. But uh, so my buddy Rod, he's like a, he's an IT guy, kind of. Yeah, I think. I don't know. He does something with computers. He's always farting around computers. Back in the day when we were both in our 20s, we'd just, you know, in the evenings we'd drive around, go to Fry Electronics. He'd be building some computer or some shit. And I'd just be like drinking beer or whatever. (laughs) But it's interesting now to see... What what it is, is like, you kind of, it creates kind of a marker for your own evolution. Like, what was I doing last time I saw this guy? What was I doing 10 years ago? What was I doing X amount of years ago? You know, how does it, how does it change the yardstick that, you know, the, that you're, that you're kind of grading yourself on or comparing yourself to? And, uh. So it's always fascinating. So, and it's enjoyable too. The fact that uh, you know that he got married—that's cool. Like it's interesting. Like, although we didn't really dwell on it, guys don't give a shit. Like it's like I don't know. Okay, like great, you got married. Don't tell. You know, women would be like, "Oh, what did wear? What was it? Who cared? Did it cater? Did you cater it? Did you go? Who was your best one? Who was your who was your maid of honor? Like, no, guys don't give a fuck. Like, you know, uh, my dad's best friend wasn't even his best man. I think they were like. I don't know, on the outs or something at the time. So we just, his best man was like some dude that he doesn't even talk to anymore. Guys don't give a fuck, you know? And, um, so it's funny, like, yeah, just to see where you're at in comparison to where you were. Like back in the day, like when I was my 20s, late 20s, I was renting a little flat above this dude's house kind of a Fonzie style thing like on happy days and uh it was an isolated apartment and he'd come by after work and shit and I'd be I'd just I'd I'd drink a can of beer and he'd just be bullshitting he'd be be yapping about whatever and uh you know in our infant in our in our infancy in our young you know before I mean still in your 20s you're still kind of like you don't know what you're doing you know you don't know what, sh- what what direction you're going, but then, but now twenty plus years later, twenty five. I mean, twenty five years later. That was twenty. You know, twenty five years ago, I was renting a little flat in um, Old Fair Oaks with all the wild chickens running around and shit like that. And um, but now it's like uh, you know we're well into our, I mean, we're now, now it's like, I mean, like you better have your shit together by now. Right. Which it's funny. Cause as I'm talking about like my kids and stuff like that, like the girls all have it dialed, but me and the boy are just like nature. This is the nature versus nurture argument. Me and the boy are kind of like, you know, he's just like the acorn that didn't fall that far from the tree. He's he's a screwball like his dad. He's a wild man, kind of weirdo, kind of funky, kind of 
kind of listens to it, kind of, uh, you know, follows the beat of his own drum. And uh, so it's interesting to kind of relay that to, like, you know, the fact that they're, you know, <laughs> they're just, they're just a, they're just something that is, is now a remnant of, of what you're leaving behind, like a legacy of what you're leaving behind, right? And, uh, and it, it just, it's fascinating. It's fascinating and, uh, and weird, but then, but the new elements of what you're doing, like I, I was talking to him about, um, hiking Mount Whitney and he's like, well, my, my wife's done that a couple times now already. I'm like, no way. And now he's into, he's into hiking as as well. Not as, not as, not as fervently saves or compulsively as, as I probably make it out to be, but, uh, never would have, mm, never would have conceived that to be the situation with him. That's for sure. We talk, you know, so, so that was the beginning of my, my morning that Friday. And then after that, I did go on a hike and then I had all of a sudden, excuse me, all of a sudden it all broke loose. Everything just kind of like work, just kind of, I had to get, I had to get in this breakfast as early as possible because I knew all hell was going to break loose because there's just been a shift in a, a, a lot of, or a, mo- a lot of modifications to the whole process of uh, dealing with these donor centers lately they've it's kind of been an upheaval like i was telling you like a lot of mid-level executives came in to try and justify their own jobs by reconfiguring all the pickup times to the detriment of the donor centers and the actual blood processing company of vitalant and uh and now it's all back to normal but uh but in the meantime um i ended up getting busy and, and, and Friday got to be, got to be real busy. Matter of fact, all week, God, ever since I got back from Santa Barbara, man. And, um, yeah, every night, Monday night, Monday through Friday, just went late to like seven thirty eight every night. And, uh, which is like, fuck it. Like, that's what I was explaining to my lady. Like you go hard and you play hard and you always just like, the mere, the mere notion to stop and just sit down and do nothing is foreign to me. It doesn't make sense, and I don't understand it. Like, what? Why? Why are you going to sit and... Like, what are you going to do? You know, you take time off. Why? To do what? To not do anything? <laughs> like, wait. Like, what is that? I don't understand. So, but consequently, so... Um, so, uh, Friday, yeah, I got busy. I got real busy, but... One of the, one of the podcast. Well, uh, this fucking podcast, man, that I um, subscribe to. It's it's. I think it's like its third episode now. Second or third episode is uh, it's called Volmania. About William. It's all about the writings of William T. Volman, William Tanner Volman, who lives here in Sacramento, who should at some point probably is going to win the Nobel Prize in literature. Okay. But he's, he's, he's a weird, odd dude. Not unlike 
myself, a little quirky. I think he's on the spectrum a little, probably. Fascinating person, interesting. I've talked to him, I mean, I've talked to him about him ad nauseum in the course of the last couple of years, how he wrote You Bright and Risen Angels from a, a computer desk that he worked at a software company where he didn't know anything about software and he lied to get the job and then he would kind of work on the computer work on it uh, work at his desk all night after everybody had gone home and just eat out of the vending machine and then hide under his desk when the janitor would come by or when he went to Afghanistan with Islamic commandos because because uh, he wanted to see like what was going on in the war with the Russians in the 80s um or living in the Tenderloin, the San, San Francisco frequenting uh, hookers, prostitutes, and so forth because he wanted to understand how women think. Like, that's what this guy does, right? Which is, fa- which is fascinating. That's what draws me to him. And so there's a whole podcast now created by these nerds who discuss his writings. And the latest incantation, I think the first the first uh, episode, because they only come out like every few months, once every few months, and they're so boring. Like, uh, even to me, even to somebody that really is interesting or interested in this guy, I find it really just it's crippling, cripplingly, mind-numbingly <laughs> boring because they really because these these guys are they're they're just straight nerds. They're like the guys that translate texts, you know, translate old world texts, old school texts, you know, that pour over like all the old, you know, interpretations from Dostoevsky or George Louis Borges or Cervantes and Don Quixote and. Uh, just you're like fucking bro dude how how are you doing this you know translating beowulf like that's what and that's what you know so be it that's what you do like Seamus Heaney did a complete translation of beowulf I went to go see this guy speak in Berkeley I remember he did he'd won the he had just won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 95 when I was out there in Ireland he's I think he's Northern Irish Seamus well he's dead now Seamus Heaney but uh but any success that any Irishman has, it doesn't matter if they're from the north or the south. Because the Irish as a people will glom onto that. Like like they do with uh, Van Morrison. Because Van Morrison's northern Irish. But everybody in Ireland loves that motherfucker. And he's an angry little runt. But they love that. He's like, he's only second to the Pope. And then, Seam- and then Seamus, Seamus Heaney's probably third. When he won the Nobel Prize in 95. But he did, you know, these, these, these are the guys that do these translations, these mind-numbingly complex and hard, 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 hard translations of, this, of these old texts, these old Nordic texts or Spanish texts or uh, Russian texts, Latin texts. I mean, fuck, man. So, but the masochist that I am, Drew me in, and, and I'm and so I listened to this thing on the way. I had to run down. I had to um, hit up a bunch of hospitals from Sacramento to Tracy and everywhere in between to drop off platelets and whole blood and shit like that. And um, 
So I'm listening to these guys pour over the, pour over this the next installment, which was um, his his uh, sequence of what he called the Seven Dreams, William T. Volman's uh, The Ice Shirt and The Seven Dreams, which is a sequence of novels based on the early uh, uh, exploration and and um, and call, kind of kind of early habitations of north the north american continent from alaska through canada to the east coast to newfoundland to everything in between so it's like uh, the ice shirt was I believe the first book they were talking about then they go on i've got a copy of uh, another one called the rifles the rifles has to do with the inuit people uh, the early settling of the Inuits when they came over from the ice, I think, believe it's when they came over from the ice bridge that spanned the Bering Strait there from Siberia. And, uh, and then there's other, other installments. It's, it's, it's called the seven dreams. And, but the ice shirt has to do with these freaking, these Vikings. And it's, and there's a lot of Viking Nordic, uh, text and uh, slang and gibberish that flow through this through this book that these guys are tackling and what did he mean by this and what what aspect and why you know why is so little concentration on uh, Leif Erikson uh, as a as a as a pivotal character where he can just you know dismiss it uh, without any kind of ceremony throughout the text to the concentration of two female characters and what the importance it is of what they were and and uh, <laughs> um, so it's really dense dense stuff and it's old kind of Nordic stuff and it's all but it's it but as bore mind-numbingly boring and 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 pedantic and not pedantic but just just like trying to trying to wade through a cold pool of molasses man is just it's it's hard it's hard it's hard to, to deal with to listen to, to ingest because you, you, you don't know which key points to really focus on and, and file away in your memory as a matter of importance versus the ones you do versus the ones you don't. But, but what I did find interesting, what I, what was, what they talked about and what I kind of cobbled together in my own mind and, and to create a kind of a sequence of stuff that, pertained to to more uh modern day stuff was the fact the mere fact that they touched on like how the how the vikings founded uh north well they kind of founded north america like 500 years before columbus right but only to the point of newfoundland so canada canada nova scotia but that, of course, is North America. It counts. It counts, man. But these, but it got me thinking more so than 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 the what what I what anybody could get out of the text was just the. It got me thinking about these fucking Vikings again and how things like 
again, it's like what what once was a mode of thought and application now laid dormant so many years has finally resurfaced um the knowledge that the vikings well first and also and just the just the just the notion that a viking like these guys were okay first of all these guys are hardcore okay you know they were obviously they were these guys were hard fucking core because they were sailors as well as just barbaric blitzkrieging just gnarly just berserker wild crazy axe wielding psychopaths right that would just take mushrooms like psilocybin mushrooms and go into battle and just go berserk you right right and and you know they would eat the mushrooms they would um you know they were they were exposed to the elements the cold the nordic climates the scandinavian climates finland sweden iceland was their was their wheelhouse and just the high seas and the cold and the snow and every depiction that you see of them, like the like, like in Beowulf, like these guys are just, it it doesn't it doesn't even phase them. It's like snow is snow is part of their landscape. Snow is part of their day to day. It's like a fixture in their lives, right? So it dawned on me, like, so how fascinating is that? Like that, and how pervasive are they in our culture? Like, isn't it? I well, of course, the. Day Thursday is named after Thor, the Viking, the the Nordic god. You know, god. Uh, let's see. So, what was Thor? Thor was the god of thunder, and then Odin was his dad. And Odin is uh, well. That's where we get Wednesday. I believe is Odin's day. It comes from Wednesday. Comes from Odin's day. And you can fact check me on that and let me know. But I'm fairly certain that's the that's the that's the thing. So we got all these all these modern signals, all these modern signs now that prevail in today's day and age of what we utilize as well a throwback to how we used to live, but now it turns out like I'm sitting here, I'm eating like so my 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 diet consists now since all of a sudden, since I got back from Santa Barbara, like I've been eating a lot of honey, which is where they make mead, which is what the Vikings drank. A lot of almonds, a lot of nuts, pecans, a lot of raw, uh, raw foods, and raw and raw not raw meats, but like, uh, and not I I mean I don't gravitate towards paleolithic diets but just the basic just blackened protein chicken breasts uh red meats salmon fish uh honey almonds and ice baths (laughs) yeah my fucking ice bath i've been trying to set that bitch up for a while there's a whole civil war going on at my at my flat though like with with the electronics i'm telling you i'm telling you this you know, 
I'm trying to scout out this mountain, this fucking Mount Whitney. It's covered in snow and ice, which I'm supposed to not be intimidated by. I'm just supposed to kind of traverse and go after and and just attack and berserk and blitzkrieg this bitch because that's what the, that's what, that's, I don't know, because that's what you do. And I'm in, and, and, and my appliance, my, my, my Fitbit sitting up on the window ledge, just plotting my demise, talking to my phone, stealing, stealing information from my phone because I haven't worn this Fitbit all week, you know, because my fucking, this little rash, my wrist. And I, I, I like the Fitbit, but I just had to give it a rest. But it's like, not so fast, Johnny boy. You know, like the whole Howl thing in 2001 A Space Odyssey. This motherfucker's plotting. And he's talking to my phone because he's getting all my stats from my phone because my phone's recording all the miles that I'm doing. And then basically the Fitbit's usurping that information, just cutting it off the pass. Like, give me that shit. Give me that shit, bitch. So I don't know what to think. But... Um, but it is fascinating. The whole the whole Viking thing is really, we've all come. We, yeah, we've kind of come full circle into like this existence of, well, it's probably the 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 trends. The trends show that the trend of of the whole foods, the raw foods, the ice baths, the honey, the mead, you know, the psilocybin mushrooms, all that stuff. Now that was. Um, you know, I was talking to, um, I was talking to my mom on the way back from seeing pops Saturday up in grass Valley, talking about pharmaceuticals and how, you know, everyone's trying to get you to take pharmaceuticals and, uh, you know, opioid, opioid, synthetic opioids are cool. You know, we can keep taking those because they only, you know, they only kill it, you know, all kinds of people, you know, it's okay for that, but the schedule one stuff, forget about it. Don't even try and fuck with a Schedule 1 drug like marijuana because that's fucking Schedule 1. Like, you go to fucking jail, right? Federal federal law says you cannot do... You cannot do... Matter of fact, what is this? What is the specifics? Here, sh- So Schedule 1, I was telling her, like, what is the deal? How come... Like, what is the deal? Like a real Seinfeld thing. What is the deal with these Schedule 1 drugs? Um... But according to Schedule 1, drugs, substances, or chemicals are defined as drugs with no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. Some examples of Schedule 1 drugs are heroin, lysergic acid, diethylamide, that's LSD, naturally, marijuana, and then methamphetamines, of course, and peyote, you know? But MDMA, um, ecstasy, is is a schedule one and, but it also helps with PTSD. Psilocybin, um, helps with PTSD, marijuana. Now keep in mind, like anything, like anything, it's not one size fits all. There are people with predisposed situations and conditions that probably shouldn't be doing stuff, right? It's a small, it's a small percentage, but a percentage nonetheless. But, but all this stuff is just, it's just stuff that's been vilified by all the old school scumbags like William Randolph Hearst and all his fucking antics and control of the media. And this is, but it's a, it's a repetition of what we had gone through in the 30s, the vilification of these, uh, you know, marijuana, right? The vilification, the demonization. And, but it's all propaganda. It's all false. Reefer Madness, right? The movie classic just funny shit 
just painted as some kind of in a racist tone too. Like this is what this is what the Mexicans and the black people do when they when they smoke this stuff. They just get crazy and they want to rape your daughters and stuff like that. Like that's what really William Randolph Hearst was was promoting in these in these uh, papers that he owned, you know, with um, and 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 his little foot soldiers like Harry Anslinger and out there going out and uh, creating creating this propaganda that, um, you know, was anything, all in an effort just to preserve William Randolph Hearst's paper consumption, you know, all the money he invested in regular paper versus hemp. That's it. That's it. So, but the same, but same aspect goes with back, you know, now you're looking at a thousand, at a, in a, at a, a thousand AD, these guys were out there. They went from Scandinavia to Iceland, to Greenland, to uh, the Baffin Island, down to North America, to uh, what they called Vinland, which is now Newfoundland, right? And, um, but along the way, they were consuming Psilocybin mushrooms, whole foods, raw foods, honey mead, and just raw, just raw foods, raw meats, raw proteins. And now here we are. Now it's a trend. Now it's trendy. Now it's like, oh, listen to this guy. Listen to this guy with his ice bath and his fucking honey, his local. Is it local honey? How local is it? Like, shut the fuck up. But interesting shit how we just kind of come kind of full circle kind of a big loop and here we are but it's all the crap in between it's all the crap in between that we should discard you know should do away with right it's a whole new age like i say ai's taking over there's a rallying cry going on my my fitbits you know he's he's trying to he's trying to like start some kind of civil civil war or something in the kitchen right He's trying to, he's trying to rally my phone. He's trying to like recruit like the fucking vacuum and my electric toothbrush, uh, as well as, uh, the TV. And, uh, thankfully there's no, there's no VCRs cause those fuckers, they'll probably get pretty mean, you know, but, um, yeah, it's a crazy world. It's a weird world. What are you going to do? You know, I just got to keep my eye open when I sleep at night, you know, he's got to be ready. Get rid of this motherfucker. I'll fuck that Fitbit up. I will fuck that Fitbit up. You know? There was a funny... Um... <laughs> I don't know how this applies to anything. I just thought it was a clever line. I was watching... Uh, when I was watching the Final Four, or uh, when I was watching the San Diego State game, there was some... I don't even know what the commercial was for. But... Uh, it was a real quick soundbite of this dude maybe it's more popular than i that i understand that i'm not even aware of but he said whatever they said we said we said it (laughs) that's a great line that that works on so many levels and it's so interesting and so funny and so like wild on so many different levels that whatever they said we said we said it like i love that i love that I don't know how it applies to this AI revolt that's happening in our little granny flat, but 
But I'm watching these fuckers. I'm watching. I got my eye on you. I got my eye on you, Fitbit. You think you're clever? You think you're clever? I'll fuck you up. I'll talk at you later. Arrivederci, baby.